Welcome back to another episode of the Noble Order of Savages. I am your host, Marcus, and joining me today is one of two of my co-hosts, Jason. Welcome back. Hello. And Derek will not be with us today because obviously he's having too much fun with his new truck. <laughs> he's doing truck stuff. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's wearing a cowboy hat. and a Oh, no, 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 no. Because okay. when I got when I got my truck, I didn't get a cowboy hat. But it is amazing, like when you first get a truck, just how many people start talking to you about truck stuff. Like yeah. I didn't have my truck. Yeah, I didn't even have my truck a month, and like people are like, "So what have you hauled with it?" And it's like nothing. <laughs> 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 then I joined some kind of weird club where people like you. You have a truck now, and there's like a secret society of truck people. It's like, I bought a truck because I fit in it, damn it. <laughs> so funny enough, there is, like, secret little groups here, because uh, my dad, he had a Jeep. And mm -hmm. uh, he had, like, a Jeep uh, little thing on his key on his uh, keychain. And when people noticed yeah. that there was also Jeep, uh, Jeep uh, owners, they would pass by each other and say something to each other and I asked him one day, I was like, what the I was like, what the hell is going on? He was like, Oh, you wouldn't get it. It's a Jeep thing. And I was like, no. I was like what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It's like you just own a Jeep. It you know? It is kind of crazy. Dude, it was fucking weird. Like honestly. But you know I, but looking at his truck, I that I honestly I want to get a truck now. <laughs> it's a, it is a nice truck. Oh it yeah. Oh yeah, so congrats to him. Hopefully he's having fun, not doing any illegal street racing in it. <laughs> I can just see a, other trucks. <laughs> I can see that there is just an underground illegal street racing truck group. <laughs> Dude, we're so, here. We're here in Ohio, so I wouldn't put it past. Yeah, that's true too. So I, I think we need to explain kind of like what this show is. Um, it, it still falls under our banner of the shows. But this is just kind of like a little side thing that me and Marcus are doing uh, yeah. just to kind of do some extra content and um, just kind of talk about just different stuff. Yeah. So life, love and the pursuit of happiness, that sort of shit. <laughs> uh, just wait till I did, just wait till I prove that the the true happiness in life is not through the pursuit of happiness, but is through the pursuit of pain. Well, uh, you know, I'm I can agree with that, but we'll discuss that at a, at a later time. Yeah, I, I've I, I'm starting to get very philosophical. Yeah, <laughs> but on today's on this day's episode, uh, yeah, basically, I'm just gonna start it right now. Uh, if you're friends with him on Facebook, even if you're not, uh, with your permission, bro, I would love it if you post them on the group page. All okay, twenty of them. <laughs> Uh, there's 21 now. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, there's 20 because we can't find the first one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you basically started something in the morning 
called the uh, Morning Zen Sasquatch. <laughs> it, it is it is the weird and somewhat insightful morning coffee thoughts with the Zen Sasquatch. There we go. And at first, when I first saw it, when I first saw it, I was like, okay. But it's almost like I got dragged into it. Like I was pulled into it. And it's like every every morning I look forward to reading it. Like I'm like, yeah. okay, what is he gonna say today? And it sort of basically it, it gives me something to think about for that day or that week. Like, Man. okay, you know, it's putting things in perspective that I really didn't, you know, take a look at. So my question to you before we basically deep dive into, you know, one and two of these is, you know, what what brought that about? Okay, so um I've been well, first off, I, I went through kind of a, a weird breakup. And I, I was left with um, really no answers. Mm-hmm. And um, and really the only thing I was left with was my feelings, my thoughts. And so kind of like during the course of this, I, I kind of went back and I revisited a couple books that um, I, I kind of revisit when things get hard. And that is uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And yeah, great book by Mark Manson. And the other book that I've kind of went back and revisited was um, The Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. Mm -hmm. Um, So without really having to talk about the issues that I've had with everything, I just decided that... um, I'm going to put my thoughts and my feelings of the of the situation out there and kind of like and then as it started to go, I kind of thought about, well, I don't want it to seem like I'm coming off as talking shit about the person or having ill will because I don't. It's just so I decided to do it more in a direct kind of like. Um, like, like putting thoughts out there for people. Cause I know there's a lot of people that are going through the same shit that, that I am. And, um, and it was actually kind of, kind of positive. I got some like positive feedback on stuff and just the way that people interacted with it. So it was, it was kind of helpful and, and healthy. And I was able to get a lot of shit out of my system without, you know, doing anything dumb, in a okay. sense. And and uh, speaking speaking of which, you know, that's why I started reading them. Uh, of course, I was a I went through similar uh, circumstances. You mm-hmm. know, the whole divorce debacle and stuff like that. And I revisit some books as well. Of course, my my number one favorite is uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willicks. I love mm-hmm. that guy. I revisit that. But I noticed something between uh, the books that you're reading and the books that I'm reading. And, <laughs> and it was actually beautiful. It's actually beautiful. And, and and what you were writing, what you were writing and what I was experiencing from not just, you know, my books and the books that you talked about, because I did definitely pick up uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That was actually very beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I also revisit uh, what was it? Uh, Fight Club. <laughs> Not the movie, people. The book. The book is yeah. way better. Yeah. And you know, there was a line that basically I, I that that stuck with me from the Fight Club book, and it was uh, self improvement is masturbation. Self destruction, on the other hand, you know, and I came up with this weird philosophy, and it was in in the stuff that you were writing, it hit right as I was rebuilding because I started a self-destruct moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's not like I was going out getting drunk, banging hookers and doing blow. It was more like, you know, I was deconstructing everything that I thought I wanted in my life, you know, marriage, mm-hmm. kids, you know, successful career, you know, that sort of stuff. It's like, what really, what does Marcus really want? And then, of course, you know, when I started to build myself back up, when I started to, you know, lay the foundation again, that's when you started writing. And then that gave me a different perspective, like, okay, maybe it's okay to be an asshole. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, if I don't feel like doing it, well, I'm not doing it. You know, that's sort of, that sort of vibe, you know? And yeah. It, it, it's, it, there is, as the title says, there is a, a, a beautiful art to not giving a fuck. And a, a lot of people go about and they say, well, I had just zero fucks given. It's like, no, you still have fucks. You, you still care because you're still caring about the same bullshit that doesn't matter in your life. Um, and, and there is a beautiful art to being an asshole. Uh, kind of like with in today's world, I don't think people truly respect a true asshole in a sense of they're going to be brutally honest with you. They are going to tell you, Hey, you know, maybe you shouldn't go after that girl that has like 17 kids. And you know, it's just the ideal of people want a whitewashed kind of truth where it doesn't hurt, where at times they need, that smack in the mouth and be like you're being a fucking idiot get over it well yeah and i I can agree with that because you know come from my own experience you know uh raised to believe you know you you walk through life you graduate school college if you decide to go you get a hard working job you buy the house you get married you have the kids the, the fucking dog the, the white picket fucking fence and you work until you're in your forties or fifties, retire and you get an RV and you travel the fucking country. And, <laughs> and there's and, nothing wrong with that. I mean, really there, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But for some people, that's just not, the, not in their cards. Well, well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this being married. I achieved that step. I achieved that first step. I got married. Yeah. I was happy. Yeah. I was happy. But when things started to go sour, and I realized she was unhappy. That made me analyze myself and basically say, okay, if she's not happy, am I truly happy doing this to make her happy? And then, of course, I had to sit back and reflect on the divorce and realize that, yeah, maybe I was living in a fantasy world of being married to this person and having kids with this person. And I had to break a few things down. It was like, okay, one, okay, I'm Fuck marriage. That's never happened to me. You know, one one thing I've learned is don't ever say that because you don't know what's going to happen down the road. Bro, 
and, and that's the beautiful thing about about life. Like, you don't know what's going to come around that bend. True, true. But understand this much: the only thing, the closest marriage that I will get is a civil union. Like we live together. As for kids, you know, I'm like this. I'm the last of my 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 mother's my mother's kids here that does not have kids. And she's always asking, oh, when are you going to have kids? And I'm like, well, that's out the window right now, considering the fact I'm not married anymore, you know. But I'm like, I never said I would never have kids. But I do tell people it's not happening right now. Okay. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, I'm sort of happy about that because now it gives me a chance to, you know, explore my options. I get to look at, you know, different paths that I thought that I couldn't take because I was ready to settle down. I was ready to, you know, have have a family, yeah. work a bullshit job, and you know, not really invest in my hobbies the way I want to. So when it comes down to uh, what they call the American dream, you know, I I literally have to break it down to uh, a few buddies that I did have a conversation about this. It was like it's not technically, you know, straightforward. You know, to me, the American dream is whatever the fuck you want it to be. Okay. Yeah. If you want to live yeah. in Vegas attending magic shows while doing rails of coke off of a fucking stripper's ass, you're more than wel- welcome to. That's your dream, you know. <laughs> but not everybody's going to go for the house, the kids, the car, the dog, you know, that sort of dumb shit. You know, they're going to basically want to uh, experience their life. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody's everybody's American dream is is different. Like for some people, it could be they want the house. They want the white picket fence. They want the two and a half kids, which still to this day, I don't know how the fuck you get half a kid. Um, you saw that motherfucker in half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, it just really life comes down to uh, the most important thing in life is what are you willing to suffer for? And uh, yeah. Um, and another thing about it is too is how much pain are you willing to take? Um, we have developed within our world um, very fragile values and um, very fragile um, ideals, and um, where we need to change that and be more anti-fragile and you know, and we have to stop chasing happiness and we have to start pursuing pain. Yeah. Uh, two good points here. Uh, Winston Churchill once said, in war times, we breed strong men. In peaceful time, we breed weak men. And that brings me to uh, a very lovely book and video that I've seen on YouTube. You can look this up. Uh, this guy, he basically compared uh, Fight Club to nihilism. Nihilism. Ah, yes. Beautiful nihilism. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and it, uh, Frederick Nietzsche talked about it with the, and I brought this up a couple of podcasts ago. I believe yeah. I, I, I briefly mentioned, uh, the Ubermunch, which is the Superman. And that oh, is the yeah. guy, that is the man that is willing to endure pain and suffering in order to, in order for him to basically, uh, cast away from his old self, his old shackles of life, and find a certain freedom in his future. You know? Well, you see, but here's the interesting thing, and here's the interesting thing with nihilism. 
um, kind of like everybody kind of associates nihilism with, you know, you know, just kind of giving up on everything or not feeling or not caring. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not a good thing. Um, we're still going to feel and we're still going to care. Um, one thing that I've kind of picked up on is we have to stop letting emotions run our lives because that's not what emotions are for. Emotions are there to, to guide us. Like if we feel good about something then we know we did this action and we felt good. If we feel bad about something and you know, we do something and we feel bad, then that's telling us we can't do that anymore. Yeah. So, so with with nihilism, you just got to be a little bit careful with it. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of nihilism because it kind of goes into, you know, just not giving a fuck about the non-important stuff. Um, but we we have to really watch out for that because it doesn't creep up on us. So, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I I would agree with you to a point. I would agree with you to a point, but I believe that. And I was I was talking to a good buddy of mine. You know, we had a good phone call about this, and a buddy at work, and we were just talking about, you know, the the, the state, just 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 the state of how the United States is being ran right now, how America is. And I basically I pointed out we have literally became a nation of pussies. You know, you see and. I, I, but bro, I'm just saying we it literally boils down to at one point in time during our fathers or fathers before them, it was all about tough skin, hard work, get the job done. You know, that sort of thing. Whatever 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 pursuit that you were going for. But but it's it still there. Grit. It's still it's still there. Bro, it's what, just, bro, it's changed. What, it, bro, it's bro. changed. It's changed with society. It's changed with technology. Well bro, I Be- see a lot of I no, I see a lot of young cats, they complain no more than like 30 minutes into a goddamn job that they signed up. <laughs> okay. But you know what? But people have always complained. People complain about everything. Like, I'm sure that like the first, like there are people on like the Viking boats when they were first sailing across the ocean to come to America. I bet you there was somebody complaining on that and just being like, man, why are we doing this? This is stupid. <laughs> well, true. But you know what? The best part was um, they, they went through it. They went through it. They do. My whole yeah, thing they went is, through it. My whole thing is it, gritting, gritting the teeth, gritting the teeth, and getting it over with. Which a lot of motherfuckers nowadays do not want to do. They look for the easy route. They look for the uh, simplistic, uh, simplistic path. And I'm like, this. There is no life hacks. There is no fucking shortcuts. <laughs> you know. I'm like the uh, moment. The moment. The moment. One of the like my cousins. They're younger than me. They bring something to my attention because I I consider myself like an advisor to them like I, I they usually tell them like hey if you got an idea you know run it across me first at least i'm gonna be honest yeah. so when they bring something across my table i let them know right off the bat whether it's a good idea or bad idea most of the time it's a bad idea because they try to look for the easy <laughs> route and it's like dude that's not how life works that plan is but that's but, but the easy route has been everybody everybody's always looked for the easy route from the beginning of history i mean but why true. did we wh- why was the first spear invented to make it killing something easier. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you still uh, had to I, get up. I mean, it wasn't like it was an automatic <laughs> magic, you know, spear that no, killed it, but, brought it, skinned it. I mean, it was a tool. <laughs> yeah, it was like a tool. Magic. But, I mean, at the same time of it, it's like everything else. Like, 
like take our phones for example how much easier does it make us to get in contact with people around the world yeah uh i mean that's just a simpler life and an easier life comes through technology we and, and you can't fight progress uh, people are always going to want easier things now the trick of it is is recognizing what's easier and still realizing that you still have to do what you need to do to get through the day well yeah that's that's the important part now i will i will share this one because i had a uh, conversation with my twin and this this was actually heartbreaking and it pissed me off it pissed me off I uh, came in my room and he was like, he has a problem. I was like, what's that? He was like, well, the mother of my, of my daughter, you know, they haven't been together for about eight years. Yeah. And, and just for the record, it's all his fault. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we already went down this path every year without fail. Whenever this conversation got brought up, it's like, dude, you did this to yourself. So on this particular day, he comes in, he sits on my bed, and he's like, yo, uh, he's like, I'm feeling some type of way. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, well, uh, she, she, she's starting to date again. And I said, and I, me, I'm nonchalant. I was like, okay. He's like, okay. Okay. He's like, dude, he's like, I'm, I'm kind of mad about that. And I said, how the fuck Why? are you mad? <laughs> like, how the fuck are you mad that she is dating somebody because that's eight years, your ass wasted. You know, you're doing yeah. everything, you're doing any and everything <laughs> to pleasure yourself. You're pleasuring yourself. You're doing everything on the face of the earth to neglect your responsibilities. You're doing everything to uh yeah. value her value her or her words. And all of a sudden she says, Fuck it, I'm gonna go on a date. Now all of a sudden it's a problem. I was like, Man, you're mad. She is not <laughs> obligated. She is not obligated. Just because you got a child together, she's not obligated. To nobody, nobody is obligated to you for anything in your life. Bingo. Be it happiness, love, or nothing. Nobody is obligated to you. Yeah. And you I, have to, I have to be an asshole to him. I had to, I do. Like, I had to turn off being a brother and literally be an asshole to him and tell him, like, bro, you fucked up. You and that, fucked and up. that's what people need. And I was like, yeah. The part and, they have, and that's what people need. No, I was just saying, that's what, that's why I, oh God, no. No, that's why I was telling him, it is your responsibility to, to take care of yourself first. Stop drinking. Go to work. Save some money. Okay? Stop hanging around losers. Because I was like, the people you hang around reflect your values. If they don't do anything with themselves, guess what? You hang around them, people will look at you just like that. <laughs> I was like, you should be pissed off, not at her, but at yourself, because you let that out. Exactly. Exactly. You know? But it was, but he tried the whole, he tried to do that whole victim mentality bullshit and pity party. And I'm like this. I'm not a pity party guy. No. If you fuck yourself, then guess what? You already know what the fuck to do. And I even people, people, people want people to feel sorry for them. And people want and and people want to be told that it's all going to be okay. Uh, people people don't don't truly respect the the truth of like you know this is your fault. You yeah. fix it. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to get into the uh, first one? Yes, please. 
Please, please. Okay. So I can't remember fully exactly word for word what the first one was, but it went something along the lines of realizing bullshit when it becomes bullshit um, will pretty much will set you free. And that kind of comes from um, like going through my, uh, my breakup that I was told that, you know, there was a bunch of things that were said and it just turns out that those things that the goals, the values and everything like that was just bullshit. Um, whether or not the person meant them at the time, um, that they were said is kind of a, a, a a moot point because at the end of it, they were just all bullshit. And, but the true liberating thing about that was, is when you realize it is just bullshit, you can set yourself free from it. And that is probably one of the greatest freedoms that you can have because you don't have to worry about, you know, hurting somebody or something like that when you know that the things that were said was bullshit. It kind of it, it 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 is a freeing sensation. Yeah, it is. Like uh, that that's 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 what I was uh, explaining to uh, another buddy of mine at work. Shout out to my boy Mike. And you know he, he you know he knew about the divorce and stuff like that. And he was asking how I was doing. And I said I'm doing fine. And he sort of gave me like this puzzled look. He gave me like this puzzled look, like. Okay, either you're fine or you are talking about going to commit a massacre, you know? <laughs> you know, it was, it was like one or the other. And I was like, no, I'm fine because, you know, it's like the way I put it to myself was, you know, everything that was said, everything that was said or done throughout the marriage, you know, I basically, how should I put this? You took that face value. Bingo. I took yeah, that face value. There, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But, but, and, but no, but this is, this is where the part, this is the part where I had to explain to him of the deconstruction was I transformed myself in the marriage. Like I was the one doing the transforming while I'm thinking that we're both evolving as a couple. No, it was me evolving to fit her needs versus my needs. So mm-hmm. when everything came to a head, paperwork is signed, the gavel goes down, that sort of shit. I am left with uh empty material here that I don't need. I'm not married anymore. It's like, okay, so what the fuck do I do with this? So it's like, but, okay, throw it, throw it to the side and literally start the rebuilding process of Marcus. And at the same time, keeping my core, keep my core value here of, you know, Next relationship, because I'm not going to say marriage, but next relationship, Marcus has to stay true to Marcus. You know, I have to stay true to my principles, and that's, that's you, you do. You you do have to stay true to your principles. But the beauty of the, the beauty of it is, is that you can always pick up more things as you go, and as you go and you have different relationships, um, there's going to be like different things that are added to, and. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the beauty of this, like um, with the past relationship that I was just in and coming out of it, like before I went into that, like I thought I was a monster. I thought I was a piece of shit. 
but I know now that my core values and how I see things and how I see myself are so much better than what they were and that I feel that I'm more ready now for a relationship than where I was like two, three years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a freedom in that for yourself, knowing that once you realize that something was bullshit and if you did fall for it, it's okay because the freedom of the situation is that you get to move on. You get to keep swimming and you get to leave that bullshit behind. Oh, another famous line from Fight Club that I basically uh, took to heart was let all that, 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 all that, that which does not matter slide. Yep. And I'm like, so, hey, let it go. So I have the full actual, <laughs> uh, thought for the, the, the number two thought. So we can read that and we can digest this one a little bit more. Our actions will always speak louder than our words. Sometimes to hear what a person truly wants, you just have to watch their actions. Mm-hmm. We will fuck up. We will make mistakes. That is life. We are not perfect creatures. That is when we should try to use our words to learn from the actions we made and use our actions to better, to become better people. You have to learn to see which actions are mistakes and or a fuck up and which are meant to be harmful and learn how to forgive them and move on. Not all actions are forgivable. Yeah, true. So, um, that kind of comes from a place of the situation that I was told one thing and kind of made to feel that I was the cause of the misery. And then the actions that you can look at actions and you can understand that they are that where they fall in the scheme of things they they could either be a mistake or a fuck up or they could just be harmful and the beautiful thing about forgiveness that I was taught in therapy was you can forgive somebody but you never have to let them know mm-hmm. and i i think that's the most important thing about it and 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 that's what i kind of think like the whole thing of it was is i don't think she had the balls to tell me she wanted out and but her actions said that she did want out and I can forgive that. Like I, I totally can. Um, cause it's hard. It's hard for people to be the one to be the bad guy or to be the asshole to, and, and they don't want that. They don't want to seem like that, but sometimes you just, you have to be that. Well, I will, I will say this much. The, main thing that I learned was before you could forgive somebody, forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah. and, and it's not just, it's not just telling yourself, Oh, I forgive myself. No, it's also once again, through your actions, you have to basically proceed as follow. Now, yeah. when it comes down to the other person and this is like eerie that we were both in the same scenario of somebody trying to get out of something. So it's all about creating the villain mm-hmm. of the story. So, but it was hard to create the villain of the story because we knew for a fact, oh, well, we, at the time, we didn't know that we were being harmful and we are sorry. Yeah. yeah. And we made it that much easier to basically not be 
bad guy. So it made it harder for them to be like, oh, well, he, he, he did this, he did this. And, but did he apologize? Did he try to correct it? Yes. Then he's not a bad guy, <laughs> you know? And so, well, and, 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 and going off of that, and going off of that, when it comes down to forgiving them, I like the way that you put it, where you can forgive them and they don't have to know anything about it. Because that's exactly what I did. I, I, I analyzed it over and over and over again. And next thing you know, I was just like, you know what? You know, they're not going to see it the way that we see it, but it's like, look, I forget, I forgive you. Obviously you put it out. That's cool. But that does not mean I'm going to basically call you or text you or send a fucking carrier pigeon to you or anything like that. Mm You want it out, so I'm going to give it to you. So that's the mm-hmm. gift. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Just know that you are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Everything's cool. But at the same time, we're not going to eat I, at the same table. Yeah. It, it's, it's, and, and maybe after some time, because like that's kind of like the situation with me and my ex wife. Um, things got really bad, and we both did some shitty things, and we both needed help. But, you know, over a course of time, we realized, we weren't good as a couple anymore mm-hmm. and we both grew apart. We both fell out of love. So like now we can see each other and we can function around each other and it's, it's good. It's like, she's still, you know, one of my best friends. I still think of her as family. We, we talk. Um, and we've both been there because, you know, we've been through the, the bullshit of of relationships and all that stuff and i think we came out better as friends than we ever did as a couple okay bro uh this is where we are different <laughs> because i am at my limit yeah two. but there's, but you, hold on, there's but only two there's only two girl there's only two women that are my exes these are true exes not one night stands or any bullshit like that these are two women that are my exes that i've had a career with where we ended things on a positive note and we're still friends. Okay. And I've already told myself, which I believe it was my twin. that said, he was like, that's kind of, it's kind of fucked up. But he was like, I was like, no, I was like, two is the limit for me. (laughs) Two is the limit. I was like, two exes get to be my friends. After that, it's like, unless one of them basically says, okay, we can't be friends anymore or they're dead. That's when the application opens up for friendship. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, where I'm at right now, two is the limit. And, and, and anybody after that, it's like, you know, you can call me an asshole for it or whatever, but I go ghost. Okay. It's a ghost protocol in play. Okay. Everything gets changed around. Uh, I can be sitting next to my friend and she'll message it like, Hey, have you seen Mark? No, I haven't seen that dude in months. He must be on a sabbatical. In Tibet, you know, uh, meditating with monks or some shit, you know. I mean, I just don't. It's like, you know, it, it, once again, I, the, the forgiveness is there, but it's like, eh, nah, I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing that. That, that, that just seems kind of weird. But I mean, the beauty of it is, is like me and my ex-wife, we've been going through this process for a very long time because there, there was a there was a point in time where we didn't talk, and then as as time went on kind of like thinking about stuff and putting stuff in perspective and me going to three and a half years of therapy to, to, to 
to let go of this bullshit. Um, it's kind of where it all kind of comes from. Um, mm-hmm. I, I take great pride in the fact of that I went to three and a half years of therapy to not hold grudges as strongly as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also the ability to look and see things from other perspectives and to understand that you know, there's two sides to every story and in every relationship, everything is 50, 50, even the breakup is 50, 50. So with that, with that being said, like I could see her side of it and she could see my side of it. And we both were like, yeah, we fucked up. So why? And, and, and eventually you might get to that point. You might not. That's, completely up to you and there's nothing in this world that says you have to get to that point um but like the main thing to kind of like take away from from everything is when it all comes down is the important thing with this thought was your actions will always speak louder than your words even if they are trying to end a relationship trying to improve yourself, trying to, you know, just do things better for yourself. You can talk all the shit you want, but until you actually start going forward with that, your actions will will always tell the truth, no matter what. Well, yeah. That's why, that's what that famous saying is, uh, Bullshit walk. I know. I was like, bullshit talks. You know, actions walk. Yeah. You know, and for me, you know, at one point, <laughs> at one point when all this shit was going on, yeah, I was on a lot of bullshit. You know, that was a that was a personal shit. Mm-hmm. But taking a step back, and of course, you know, <clears throat> doing my deconstruction and then reconstruction, it was like, you know, I got to put my money where my mouth is. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. You know, it's not just it's not just for myself, but it's also for the people around me. You know, because mm-hmm. I do believe that you do have to surround yourself with good people that have good intentions just as well as you do. They follow somewhat of the same code as you do. You know? I I will also I will also add that. Um, I think you also have to hang around with good people that will also hold your feet to the fire. Yeah. That they will that they will call you out on your bullshit and they will be like, dude, what are you doing? Like you're totally fucking up right now. Um well, I, I say this a lot. I say this a lot to a lot of motherfuckers that hang around uh clowns, if I may say. And that is do not judge a person by the by how much they drink, smoke, and brown nose. You know, you judge a person by their integrity, their honesty, their loyalty, and their ability to call you out on your bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I can literally say every every man and woman that I basically have a personal relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, whether I consider you a very close friend or a very dear acquaintance, they know for a fact that they can easily step to me and be like, yo, Marcus, you're fucking up. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, I've had several conversations with close friends where they pull me aside and like, yo, Marcus, this ain't you, man. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. And I try to explain my actions, and they're like, nah, bro, that don't make sense. Yeah. And I have to sit there and be like, you know what, you're right, that doesn't make sense. You know, I had to come to the realization, no, that's not me. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's and, and that's kind of like the sad thing, too, is like people don't want that. People want to be, oh, you're doing great. Everything's awesome. Like you can do it. And and that's where it just kind of comes into like you need to be the asshole that people need. Yeah. <laughs> I It's like I am the asshole that this world deserves. <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, honestly, the last one we, we where you were talking about uh, assholes. Yeah, that was today's. Yeah, I appreciated that one because I'm like, yeah, there's too many people. If you got, if you got a circle of friends, and yeah. everybody is always nice, they're not calling each other out on their bullshit. They allow, you know, major shit to fucking slide. Like you, you see your guys or the guy in the group, he's slipping. You see yeah. him doing dumb shit, but yeah, you're, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. You know, he'll, he'll, uh. You're letting that guy sink. And yeah. if part of your group, guess what? He's going to bring half or maybe all of you assholes down. Yeah. So yeah. either you take up the responsibility or you basically get the whole team on board and you hold an intervention and you're like, hey, bro, you fucking up. Either yeah. you pick your shit up or you're out the group. And it does. And it, and it all comes back to actions, too. Like yeah. you doing those actions will speak so much more for that person and let that person know that you care about them. And you value them as a person than just being like, Hey, you know what? I like then saying it. So, so it is, it, it really does come down to being, you have to do, you have to walk the walk and not just do the talk. Like well, it, it's, it's that important. Well, I'll put it to you like this. And I had to uh, correct the person that informed me of this, which is fucking hilarious. I was told by this person, basically keeping that anonymous here, for that person's sake, that, and, and this was when all this crap with me was going on. I had some guy I never met before, never spoke with, don't even know who the fuck he is, tell the person that I am not a leader, I am a follower. And I, I actually got mad at that statement. I was like, wait, what? I was like, one, I don't follow anybody. Two, I'm not a leader either. I'm a team player. When it comes down to all of my friends, when it comes down to all of my friends, even family members, I'm a team player. It's teamwork amongst all of us, whether it be on the podcast, whether it be at my job. It could be something as simple as playing fucking football on the fucking weekends. I don't try to stand out and and disrupt the, uh, the order that we yeah. built with the team. Okay, it's a team effort. Even when I was a supervisor, I would tell my team, "Yeah, I got a title of supervisor, but no, I'm a I'm part of this fucking team. I'm a part. Yeah. I stand in front. I stand. I stand beside you, fucks." Okay. So with that being said, you know, being a leader, in my opinion, is 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 one too much work. You're putting a lot of shit on your fucking shoulders, and on top of that. You know, it's to me, it's just a fucking title. That's it. That's all. It's a fucking yeah. title. You know, I'm like, if you really care about your friends and the people that, you know, you look up to and they look up to you, it's a team effort. You know, so that's why I was a little heated about that, about that, uh, that comment, because I'm like, I never really saw myself as a leader, nor have I ever been a follower. I've always basically saying to my own insane fucking tune, which everybody knows, 
But when it came down to cooperating with, you know, my buddies, my friends, my teammates, you know, I, I got in line. Yeah. I knew my role. It was like, okay, if I'm going to be the DD for the night along with this guy, guess what? We're drinking soda for the rest of the night just to get everybody drunk ass home. Okay. Yeah. You know, there's, there's well, like- the, the, there's a difference with that. And like everybody, everybody's always taught to be the leader. Don't be a follower. And nobody's really taught to be, nobody's really taught that, you know, hey, just be the team player. Like, you don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be a follower. But as long as you work together, like, shit gets done. Well, yeah. that's And, dude, that's where, that's where I will say, uh, not just with friendship, but also in relationships here. Mm-hmm. It's team Exactly. Effort. Yeah, it's you always know, a team effort. You know, you and do I've seen videos, I've seen videos. I even talk with I even talk with these ladies at the jobs that I've been at and they always talk about 50-50. They always talk about 50-50. Oh, everything's got to uh I need a man that's going to be be my partner and all this stuff. So it's like, okay, so you're not asking for a leader, you're asking for partner. A partner. Well, but, but you see there but there's a difference. There should not be a leader in a relationship. Within a group of friends, yeah, you're going to have one person that's going to be a leader, but it doesn't come down to being a follower. It comes down to being a team player. Um, but like in a relationship, it should be a partnership. Well, well, see, well, see, well, well, bro, that's where the contradiction comes into play because they say they want a partner, but they want the guy to basically be, and I'm going to say it right now because obviously, they got it all fucked up here, and they want a slave. They want the they want the guy to provide, protect, provi- eh, protect, provide, preside. But you want them to basically allow you equal opportunity in the relationship. Yeah. Like no, if you want a partner, that's fifty fifty. That's like running a company. You can't say, oh, we're gonna run this company together, but you're gonna do majority of the work. You're gonna stand in front of the board. You're gonna basically, you know, uh, handle. But, the but then. But you then know. doesn't that but then doesn't that fall into just somebody not taking up their half of the partnership of the relationship? Yeah. I mean, it's not everybody that does it, but then that becomes a toxic relationship and then you need to leave it. Well, it, well I would say I would say it could either be a toxic relationship or and this is going to sound fucking bad and yes, you can come after me when I say it. I don't care, but the, the second option is you can shut the fuck up and just do your role. <laughs> oh, if you yeah. are the gator if you are the person on the sideline with the with the Gatorade bottle, be that person with the Gatorade bottle, okay? Don't try to be the linebacker, don't try to be the wide receiver and I'm the quarterback when you don't want to do these positions, okay? <laughs> you want to basically stand off to the side and be the Gatorade person, but you want to you want to receive the credit that these guys on the field do. No, you can't do that. No. Uh... Know your role. And that, that's not, no, hold on, that's not just for women either. That's for men as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if your woman makes more than you and you are comfortable with it, the, don't there's, there's, say we're partners. Just say there's, she takes there's care of There's plenty of guys. I'm a trophy husband. <laughs> yeah. Be a trophy husband. It's thing. But I want to touch on something about earlier when you were talking about like the, the books and two different philosophies and everything else. Please. The one thing that I will say that I have really picked up on is that letting shit go is the true course to happiness in life. Um, 
and, and and that's that's really what I'm doing with these is I'm just letting go. I'm letting yeah. go of the bullshit and everything else that I've been carrying with me for a while, and it's great. <laughs> well, I will say for me, reading reading both of the books, and of course you being the third opinion here <laughs> with, with your writing, uh. My self-destruction was awesome. Okay. Yeah. I tell a lot of people self-destruction, you need, I was like, it could be a day. It could be two days. Hell, make it three. Sit down. Go in a quiet room. If you want some whiskey, get some whiskey. I don't care. Even a <laughs> blunt. I don't care. But sit down and literally deconstruct yourself. Deconstruct your values, your morals, your principles, your code. Mm-hmm. Deconstruct all that shit. Okay. Break that shit up and Break every molecule of it. And then start taking ownership. Start mm-hmm. learning discipline and then rebuild yourself on the shit that you're willing to put up with and the shit that you will never fucking tolerate again. Mm-hmm. And then watch but, what happens when you hold on to that discipline. Like, yeah. bro, my life the, has been fucking, you know, it has been fucking amazing. I go to work. I handle business. Everything is fucking lovely. I wake up with a smile on my face, even though my car is causing me a shitload of fucking problems. <laughs> I still wake up with a smile on my face like, yo, let's have some fun today, okay? Me and Britt are going to go have fun today, okay? <laughs> and, and and the most important thing is is taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life, even yes. the stuff you can't control. Yes, so, no. But that's a that that's a that's a that's a different day. That's yeah. a that, that's a that's that a different, different uh, conversation. <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to basically wrap this up right now and we're going to basically ask our viewers you know, to I definitely would love it if you grab all that material and posted it on the uh, Facebook group. And mm-hmm. I want everybody to take a look at it. I want everybody to read it. That'd be a great discussion point. I know I'm going to be involved with it in every post because I'm going to have something to say. And we're just going to basically break it off and ask the viewers, you know, what are some things that you take ownership in your life? You know, how do you view the your your not the American dream, but your dream? Do you feel like you're achieving it? Do you feel like you're underachieving it? Are you on your way to it? How does it work for you? You know, and once again, you can find us at, uh, on Facebook, the noble over, no, why am I so tongue tied today? Oh my God. But you can find us on the noble order of savages Facebook group. You can also find me at, uh, on Instagram, the noble order of savages, how, and you can find me on noble order, uh, noble order of savages, uh, JM on Instagram. Yes. So please, questions, comments, concerns. We would love to hear from you guys. I know I love interacting with you guys. So send in your questions, your comments, anything you got to say. Hey, we're probably going to read it at least 10 times before we respond. And once again, make sure to, uh, hit that like and share, uh, share button on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Put us out there. Even if it's towards your enemies, just to torture them. We don't mind. And uh, give us likes and give us a follow on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to us at. Most definitely. So we're going to wrap this up, and I want to thank you guys for listening, and you guys have a good night. Peace.